Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Charlotte's Web Thoughts. This is the audio slash podcast version of the actual Charlotte's Web Thoughts on Substack.com. You can go subscribe to that at charlotteclymer.substack.com. It's completely free. All you need is an email. It takes less than five seconds and it helps me out immensely. And you can also support me with a paid subscription, which would be just absolutely wonderful. So please do go subscribe, charlotteclimber.substack.com. July 14th, 2022. Yes, it's true, I cannot get pregnant. My working theory, and I'm being generous by calling it a mere working theory, is that a sizable chunk of cisgender people, that is, people who are not transgender, truly do not understand the controversy over trans inclusion in pregnancy discussions. Several years ago, pre-pandemic, I gave a talk to a law firm in DC about trans visibility, clarifying much of the understandable but easily preventable confusion over trans identities and rights. The talk went well. It was collaborative and informative, but afterward, someone in attendance walked up to me and with the slightest tinge of annoyance or aggravation in their voice, asked if they could pose a quote, potentially insensitive question to me. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've had those three words, potentially insensitive question, put to me since coming out. The person's question, can you get pregnant? That's what they asked me. They asked if I could get pregnant. Now, personally, I have no desire to be pregnant. And as much as I love playing Auntie Charlotte to my friend's children and generally find kids adorable, I don't want any of my own. So this question wasn't insensitive on that count, but the directness and tone of this person's voice when they asked that question has stayed with me. Even years later, I still remember the look on their face, shades of subtle anger, and I couldn't tell if they were asking this question to make a point as though it wouldn't be made in a more polite way, and also why, or if they were trying to hurt my feelings. Maybe it was both. I think most trans non-binary people are forced to make a quick decision when confronted with this kind of unnecessary hostility. We are forced to pick our battles because there are simply far too many to negotiate daily and decide if this is a moment worth engaging with our authentic feelings and to what level, be that anger or dismay or frustration or exhaustion. If there is a large spectrum of possible responses bookended on one side by be nice and diplomatic and on the other side by let this asshole know where they could stick their unnecessary question, I try my best, my very best to yield to a polite median. Of course, I had just given a productive talk, which required a lot of vulnerability, and I realized that my nerves were perhaps too raw to hew a dignified anger that illustrates as much as it admonishes. And I made a choice in that moment to swallow my own anger and be diplomatic, a choice I have made countless times in the past and will make countless times in the future. No, I cannot get pregnant, I told them. I don't have a uterus. I also don't menstruate. Like all trans women and some cis women, I have no idea what it's like to experience these things. I try my best to be an effective ally to women who can and do experience pregnancy and menstruation. I don't know if my tone had its own tinge of anger, 
but I would like to believe I kept a soft restraint. They looked taken aback and didn't know what to say in response. Their shoulders seemed to relax. Their posture softened. Their eyes dimmed from the alert status with which they had approached. They had come looking to have their own anger and annoyance validated, maybe to debate me, I guess. And suddenly, much to their surprise, they had nothing to be angry about. Okay, they said softly. That makes sense. I appreciate your time. Thank you for answering. But I had a question of my own for them, and I asked if I could pose it. They had almost seemed a tad apologetic, and I got the sense they wanted to make up for it by being amenable. They responded, yes, of course, happy to answer. And I asked, how often do you point out the importance of ensuring that trans men and non-binary people have access to the reproductive health care they need? They stared back in confusion, and a few moments passed without either of us saying anything. And then some kind of switch was flipped. Dots were quickly connected. And I could see from their facial expression that they seemed to realize in that moment that there are trans men and non-binary people having uteruses who get pregnant, who menstruate, who need access to necessary medical care. Oh, they said. I didn't say anything. I just waited for them to finish their answer. And they said, honestly, I didn't know that. That's good to know. They thanked me for the talk, shook my hand, and went on their way. On Monday, Professor Kiara Bridges, who teaches law at Berkeley and has quickly become my favorite person ever, was testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee about abortion restrictions when Senator Josh Hawley pursued a line of questioning that attempted to weaponize trans issues against Democrats, as we've frequently now seen with the embarrassing and pedantic and childish what is a woman query that they believe for some reason is the ultimate gotcha. Because that's the other, and dare I say quite troubling thing about all this. Why do these people insist that having the ability to become pregnant is solely what makes a woman? Going through menopause? Not a woman to these people. Trouble conceiving? Not womaning enough. Step it up, apprentice lady. Gotten a hysterectomy or born without a uterus? Revocation of your membership among women by their code. Don't have children, don't want children. You're not a real woman. And you won't be a real woman in their eyes until you're pushing out a fleshy container of germ-infested baby shark fandom. That's what they think. Professor Bridges was having none of it and let Holly know real quick how unnecessary and bankrupt and yes, transphobic it is to pursue that line of questioning. Here's the audio from their exchange. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I wanna make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? 
So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing them. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my us. line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it. Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Notice how Professor Bridges didn't mention trans women at all, because trans women have nothing to do with this. Trans women cannot get pregnant. That were even alluded to in this whole discussion is absurd. And yet, I find that even many educated adults don't understand this very simple concept. Like last month, when a reporter with whom I was discussing this genuinely asked me why the abortion rights movement is being forced to include trans women. What? He was honestly under the impression that trans people, trans activists, were demanding that Planned Parenthood and NARAL and all the other amazing repro orgs acknowledge that trans women are capable of pregnancy, which, by the way, is not a thing at all. And I asked him if he meant trans men and explained the whole having of the uterus thing. And wouldn't you know it, there was a pause and his voice alighted with sudden insight over the phone. And I heard that familiar, oh. This has happened far too much lately to believe it's an anomaly. I think there are numerous cisgender adults, however well-educated, who are walking around with the belief that trans activists are saying trans women can get pregnant. For all you geniuses out there, we cannot. I also think there are numerous bigots who understand perfectly what it means to have a uterus and that trans men get pregnant, but for some reason trans men threaten their worldview so much, their shattered, pathetic, weak-ass worldview, that to accurately recognize trans men as men might undermine every stubborn vestige of traditional thin-skinned masculinity that makes their tiny and uninspiring world go round. Folks, just let trans people in exist in our own authentic skins without said existence needing to somehow be a referendum on your own. I can't emphasize enough how much reasonable adults in your day-to-day -day life, the vast majority of them being cisgender, honestly feel secondhand embarrassment when they watch you do this. And the reason they don't tell you is because they don't want to be the one who breaks the bad news. Please don't embarrass yourself. It pains the rest of us.